Isaac Sims. I'm Olivia Plummet, and this is Flyover Film Country. A podcast about movies, TV, we don't know, everything, video games, I don't know. Olivia, how are you doing? Doing good, how are you? Glad to be here with you tonight. Hey, me too. Delighted. It's a nice, terrible, icy, rainy Monday night in Arkansas. Yep. It's it's the same there in Oklahoma, right? It is pretty much the same, yeah. I don't know if it's as bad here as it is there, but I mean, I didn't have work today, or I didn't go into work today. Everything was telehealth, and all the schools were shut down, so pretty icy here. January and February are my least favorite months of the year, especially, I feel like this year started off very, very wet, terrible weather, and I'm not looking forward to next month Mm -hmm. because I feel like we always get a bout of it in January and a bout of it in February, so. Oh my gosh, February is always, I think, worse. It's about to be like True Detective up in here, am I right? Okay, I was Night yeah, Country. I always made that reference, but you know, we'll talk about <laughs> we'll talk about True Detective here in a minute. So today we're going to be talking about uh, True Detective, uh, Mean Girls, the remake, uh, True Detective Night Country. What else? Golden Globes. So that's what we're planning to cover yes. today. And before we jumped into our mailbag questions from from our listeners and from those who follow us on social media, we wanted to just spend a, just a second basically reintroducing this podcast. In the past, we have covered one item per episode, sometimes two, but most of the time, just one movie or one series. Through some conversations with Olivia and Walter and brainstorming, we've decided to branch out. We're going to cover more than just a single movie at a time. And it's going to be based first and foremost in interacting with people in our community. We really want, we love movies. We want love TV And we want to communicate our love for that and to really share that and create a community with you guys. So every episode, we are going to start with questions. Um, And we have some really good questions that I'm excited to get to here in a second. So do you have anything to add to that, Olivia? How are you feeling? How are the vibes? You know? Vibes are good. Good Uh, vibes? Yeah. Good vibes. Good vibes only. Uh, I'm excited about this. I think, excuse me, I think one of the reasons we wanted to do this was to be more interactive but also not constrain ourselves or like restrain ourselves so much so because there's lots of things that i think that the three of us would have really liked to talk talk about that we we didn't really get to because that didn't really tie into whatever the the movie of of the week was and so uh we wanted this to be more fluid and more open so that we could kind of move around and talk about what we wanted to without being like uh, we've strayed way too far from the the point here and now we got to get back to it so we got to cut off this enjoyable conversation and go back to maybe something we we weren't super jazzed about or as enjoying as much and so so this was to free ourselves up but also hopefully be more fun for the listeners and and again we want to be more interactive on social media so uh always feel free to shoot us a message either if you have our numbers or if you follow us on social media shoot us a, a message because we we want to to make this more of a communal thing for us yep so we'll be we'll be posting questions that's, that's and all that add. all that fun stuff so yeah so before we get into questions um Wait, I was going to ask you something. What was it? No, we're starting oh, off no. so badly on my end. Oh man. It's been a long week. Lots of it's yeah. been snowed in for those for those of you who care. Uh I was snowed in all last week. 
got to go to the office just a couple days. So um, anyway, let's do let's do mailbag. Do you want to talk about our questions that we got? Yeah, so we posted on our respective Instagram stories, just like, hey, ask us some questions. And so these are some of the questions we got. AMA, um, ask me anything. Ask me anything. Yeah, it really was ask us anything. And and we got all kinds of different types of questions. So I'm really looking forward to discussing these things with you, Isaac. So this is going to be a the... great, this is going to be a great experience because both of us are like, ne- neither one of us really put ourselves out there on social media. We're pretty private and only like post things right. that we care about and so it's gonna be pretty funny yeah yeah pretty much what i post about on social media is like movies and music Oklahoma, and, and ou basketball and and <laughs> ba- like ou ou and the oklahoma city thunder like it's really just sports related most of the time so yeah. uh which saturday ou both ou women's and men's basketball teams won and the thunder won they beat the number one team in the the west so i was very excited about that um it was a good day everyone it was a good day um first question you want to read it yeah you have to read it exactly as how it is as it appears sorry i can't talk as it appears how do you feel the four three aspect ratio affected two viewing experience of saltburn you did not see Saltburn. No, I don't know if I want to watch it at this point. Here's here's the thing. Well, did you see Promising Young Woman? No, I really want to watch. I do want to watch that. Okay. Well, we won't get into all of it. Saltburn, very entertaining. I did not. I viewed it as a kind of schlocky dramedy and had a great okay. time, honestly. And... But I, I also heard, you know, I heard the Emerald Fennell put the movie into four three aspect ratio when she shot the uh, scene of Barry Keown uh, slurping up the bathtub water. So, so gross. Yeah, um, that's all I have to say about that. Um, okay. Do you want to jump to the next question? Yeah. What is your Mount Rushmore of movie franchises? There are four faces on Mount Rushmore, right? Correct. So you have to come Can up you with name four them? movie franchises. Oh, it's Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson. And John Adams? Is it John Adams? I don't know. Are you looking it up? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look it up. Vamp okay, a little you're bit. You're going to look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, okay. So as far as start like, with your Yeah, start with your franchises. My movie franchises. Oh, that's a tough one. I would say... I'm going to say Alien. The Alien movie franchise. Like, the the first trilogy. Or, I guess, the first three. So, the trilogy of that. Um, The Dark Knight. Star Wars. And probably Harry Potter. Okay. Yeah. I'm locking it in. Those were those were the first ones that came came to my mind off the cuff. I did not Perfect. put much effort into it, and that's that's what that's my my final final choice. I was choices. way off. You had the first three right. Uh, Teddy oh, Roosevelt is up there Teddy. instead of John Adam, John Adams. So John Adams, oh, I know him. <laughs> my three that, or my four Hamilton are. John Wick. Sure. Mission Impossible. Mm, that's a good one. 
Lord of the Rings. Sure. And uh, Spider Man. Sam Raimi Spider Man. Those three. Okay, I was like, all of them are specifically okay. Specifically those. I thought about Sam Sam Raimi. Yeah. No, those are great, great franchises. The very, very male centric, but it's it's the that's who I am. I I can't help it. You know, just a just a male. Yeah. No, I mean, here's the thing though, like. All of those are really great franchises, but they also, well, I guess I can't speak to John Wick because I haven't seen any of those, but there are like really, I guess I can't speak to the Lord of the Rings. I know there are female characters in Lord of the Rings though. Like, is there it, is one is very strong. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Eowyn is the main strong female character in Lord <laughs> of the Rings. She's great. She's a really great character. So I, yeah, I think there, there's really solid like female characters in in all those franchises. So yeah, Kirsten Dunst, uh, very strong, capable self. Uh, no, I'm trying to make. What a joke, is the but... the meme? Is she, her one of her her scenes of that movie in one of the Spider Man movies became a a meme, and I can't remember what. It, is what it like he's it he's he, like, uh, she turns around she's and turning... she's like yelling? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking yeah. about. I don't actually know what scene that is. I think it's from the first Spider-Man, but I can't remember. I don't either. Also, I think it's taken out of context. Also, I feel like a lot of Spider-Man memes are taken out of context and don't actually like the one where it's where Peter is putting on his glasses and he can't see. Yep. And it's always like an upgraded. And it's like that's not how that that meme works. It doesn't work in context. But anyway, right. Beside the point. We've but, forgotten. But to... No, those are those are great franchises. Yeah, we've forgotten to name the. We forgot uh, what? Oh, the we've oh. forgotten to name the people who oh. listed their or included their questions. So Swagular Clevin asked the aspect ratio questions the second time he's done that on this show. We love him for it. And Hannah Davison asked the Mount Rushmore question. So um, Hannah, great guest, been on here we love her. a couple times. Past love her. Guest. Yep. If you could double the All budget right, of any question. movie. What would you choose to get the best ROI? That's from Dylan Van Sant. This is a great question. That is a great question. Double the budget of any movie. Do you have any? Do you have an answer off the top of your head? The first thing that came to mind was, and I don't know why, but the first thing that came to mind was Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> okay. Amazing! First thing that came to my mind was Napoleon Dynamite. There we go. Yeah, and with Napoleon I, Dynamite, that was probably like thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. Here's okay. Here's the thing. I think there's a lot of movies that have a huge giant budget that don't they don't do anything with. And I I have one particular movie in mind that I think I'm going to use to answer one of the questions later on. That had a massive budget and it was just like, wow, this sucked. And then, but then there are so many other movies that have such a small budget, like Wet Hot American Summer and Napoleon Dynamite, that end up being great cult classics and really popular. Um, you know, like Everything Everywhere All at Once also didn't have a huge budget and it had better, <laughs> better scenes than anything we've seen out of marvel or dc in the past you know five years so i think that's a great question i also think that 
budget does not necessarily equate, you know, solid movie. Yep. That so. makes me think of a movie I'm going to bring up here in a little bit. So. Great. Great. Um, um, okay, the next one is, what is your honest opinion on the movie Love and Basketball from Faith Howell? Um, I've never seen Love and Basketball, but you have. So what is your honest opinion? <laughs> My honest opinion is, Faith, go watch the movie right now. It's okay. pretty much a perfect movie. Really? Yeah. That's like all I want to say about it. Because I re- okay. because Olivia, love, basketball? That's you. I, That's you. Come on. What uh, are we talking about? I first of all love it first of all it's a Love love movie. love basketball. I I don't love love though. So <laughs> I you do in your own way. Everybody it. loves love in their own do. way. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I yeah. do love basketball, but again, it's so it's a sports movie. And I we've talked about how I feel about sports movies. How do you know I it's just, a sports movie if you've never seen it? Basketball is literally in the title. You need to you need to watch it. Also, I kind of feel like I I I don't know this for a fact and I'm not going to talk about it on here cuz I I I don't want you to answer i don't want you to tell me that this is true or not i think i know how it ends and if it ends that way i think i'm gonna be mad about it so but i i will you know what maybe that's one of the movies i'll try to watch this year it's something that i i feel almost like a fraud as a basketball fan and former basketball player that i've never seen it so maybe i finally just need to to sit down and watch it yes yes you do so Great question, Faith. Um, Faith, let's watch it sometime. So. Next question. Is Kieran Culkin Next all that? One. That's from Hortine Gottsponer. This makes me wonder whether or not Hortine has something weird against Kieran Culkin because nobody does. So I'm going to have to check with him mano y mano on oh, that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah Kieran down and have a Culkin, Roman Roy, Little Sicko, one of the best TV characters of all time. Just. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do my impression of him right there. He's awesome. Great. He deserved that Emmy. Come on. I I fully agree. I think Kieran Culkin is all that. I he, I yeah, Roman Roy is one of my favorite least likable but somehow still really likable characters. I mean, no no one in Succession is likable, but I still love Roman Roy. I think it's because Kieran Culkin is he is just so charming it seems like yep well he so. ends up being the most self-aware character and yeah, that's that's I kind agree. of like a redemptive somewhat of a redemptive arc for him yeah. so that's the thing that draws yeah. us to him I think yeah that's fair I that's true so um yeah except he beat up Pedro Pascal so so true yeah. so true all right the next question Unless you want to add anything to that. Nope. Go for it. Great. Next question. Biggest movie letdown of 2023 and be a mean girl about it. And that's from Desi Lay. Yep. All right. Our friend Leela. What? Do you have, do you have one what, what in, do you mind? Have in mind? This, this is what I was referring to earlier. I think my biggest movie letdown of 2023 was the Ant-Man movie. And I th- here's why. Here's why. You and I love Paul Rudd. 
love him. He's fantastic. However, that movie sucked so bad, and it was so terrible, and it really made me lose faith in any sort of redemptive anything with Marvel. And it has it doesn't even have anything to do with um, freaking what's-his-face that plays Kang and that situation. It really, truly is just like, wow, they really don't give a, a give a crap about anything they're doing anymore, and they're just letting whatever happen happen, and it seems like no one there cares and and what makes me mad oh sorry you had a thought go ahead i was just gonna say and and this this pertains directly to what you're talking about marvel actually thought that they had a hit like they whenever it performed so badly and well i mean it made a lot of money but um people hated it they were so shocked because they thought that they had a hit and that's kind of what led them to fine-tune and start doing different stuff because they were they realized that their internal measurement of success was way off yeah and it it feels just so thoughtless and careless and i understand that like they're trying to make money and that's one of the reasons why they're pumping out so much content but i think that you, you and i both view movies as as an art form and i think we could even make the argument that there are several like superhero movies that are artistic and take um you know bold bold strokes but this just feels so cheap and so stupid and it had like i think maybe the one of the biggest budgets of like at least this phase of marvel movies and and looked like garbage it was just terrible and it looked like it it looked like garbage and i don't mean that to be like rude or critical but you know we were asked to be amenable about it and so it just looked like heart garbage it looked like everyone was phoning it in when it had a good cast like it's not even like the cast is bad the the everyone in the cast is a is actually a really good actor and, and like peyton reed we love peyton reed i mean We've loved the first two Ant-Man movies. He directed Bring It On, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. And it just—it still just feels so cheap and so half, not even half-hearted. It feels less a quarter-hearted. You know, yeah. it's just stupid. So that was my biggest letdown. And I think it really like took me out of wanting to participate and continue with the MCU and everything I've seen since then has just, it's been lackluster at best. Yep. So that is my soapbox and I'm getting off of it. What is your biggest movie letdown of 2023? Good thought. I'm going to get on the soapbox. Uh, My biggest movie letdown was Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny because as good as Phoebe Waller bridge is and is in that movie. Um, Indiana Jones and the Dollar Destiny looked bad. Um, it was not exciting. It was confusing and weird. It ended mm-hmm. weirdly. Mm-hmm. And it was like, uh, yeah, I just, I feel like I could have had more fun if I had gone to watch other people Harrison Ford's age play water polo at the community center. So, <laughs> like, I don't know. They said uh, she wanted she wanted to be a mean, us to be mean girls about it. So that's how how i thought of it no i think that's that's great speaking of mean girls Um, speaking of mean girls the final question we have is from nathan street 
Mean Girls a must? Question mark. Mean Girls a must? Mean Girls a must. Um, I have so many thoughts on Mean Girls, and so I think we should just start talking about Mean Girls at this point. So I have seen it. You have not, correct? Correct. Okay. So I don't know if I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's a must. You have to see it. I think if you have any hesitancy of seeing it because it's like, well, it's not going to be the original, obviously. One, it's not going to be the original. Two, they've they've updated it, but they updated the Broadway version of it. So if you listen to the the Broadway soundtrack the they have a lot of the same jokes in the songs that are from the movie the original but they've updated it so like um at the hey, you've seen mean girls right yeah absolutely okay so you know how when regina george this i'm not i'm not worried about spoiling this at this point because this movie came out 20 years ago yep so uh you know how at the end or towards the end, Regina George takes the burn book and puts herself in there and says she's a flug- fugly slut. Yeah. So she she changes it in the musical and in the movie, and it's not slut because I think it's that they're trying to move away from this idea of slut shaming. Um, and so there's a lot of jokes like that. Like they don't say social suicide in the move in the musical movie, um, which I think is kind of dumb. I understand why they did that. I, I think there's a lot of hesitancy to talk, like say suicide because it could possibly trigger people or you know something along those lines. And as a therapist, I've got to say, we can't shy away from talking about certain things just because we're worried that might, you know, if we say suicide, is it is it going to be you know something an idea that we put in someone's head it's not if someone's thinking about suicide they're already gonna they're like already thinking about it us saying hey buddy have you have you thought about are you thinking about suicide at all that's not going to be like a profound new idea that they're gonna be thinking of anyway now we can talk about suicide in a different format it's a very serious thing and i don't think we should make jokes about it and i think that's maybe one of the reasons why they changed it but so there's a lot of jokes that they change uh to update it and make it more appropriate so to speak um which i think does on one hand take away from some of the the punchiness of the jokes in the first place but overall i had a fun time with this movie it's different it is definitely very gen z and updated in that sense the music is a little different from the broadway show because it's much more like poppy. So you've um, seen the Broadway show. I haven't seen it. I've listened to the the soundtrack. Okay. Uh so I haven't actually seen the Broadway show. I would love to see it. Uh but listening to the even just listening to the soundtrack, the, the different soundtracks like the Broadway show is much more It's not I don't want to say it's like true show tunes like we think of like classic broadway but it's it's like kind of the modern show tunes version of that and so the movie is much more poppy and updated in that sense because i think that they were they were trying to appeal to the gen z audience in the sense of thinking like gen zers maybe aren't as willing to listen to broadway shows which i don't know if that's necessarily true 
because each generation has its own like pocket of individuals that are super into Broadway and so I, I don't think that's it's necessary to change it for that reason but I think any film film adaptation of a musical is going to change the music in some way and so that's the way they went about it um but so, I went with my mom to see this go ahead I was just gonna Sorry, I was gonna I, say I was... give no you're good you're good you're good this is all this is all context this is something that you got to see that I did not get to see this past weekend but it's been a hit. It's been number one at the box office this past weekend and the weekend before it, it released MLK. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and as you stated, it's adaptation of an adaptation of a movie. So it's a uh, mm-hmm. it's there. It's on its third iteration, and Tina Fey has been involved in every single one, which is really mm-hmm. fun. And yeah, so tell us about your viewing experience. Tell us about the characters and. Mm-hmm. I'm specifically interested because I watched several interviews. I couldn't go see the movie, but I did watch a bunch of interviews with Renee Rapp, who plays what's her name? Regina George. Regina George. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went for on a Friday at like four o'clock with my mom, and it it was a, there were probably ten to fifteen other people in there. It wasn't super crowded, but it wasn't like an empty theater like I kind of thought it would be and there were all sorts of age groups it wasn't just like you know people my age or a bunch of Gen Zers it was a pretty wide range of of individuals there and this movie like I gotta say the original Mean Girls is so near and dear to my heart like it, it is a Clement family staple like it is a movie that we we reference a lot. Um, when my brother was here for Christmas, we we all watched it. Uh, we had it on, and we were laughing as if we've never seen it before because because it's just it's so funny. And I think some of the casting choices were not like great. Like, uh, what is what is her name? Angori Rice, who plays yeah, Heron. that that's one dynamic that I was very interested in because mm-hmm. the original Mean Girls, the 2004 film, is so funny because I mean, for for a lot of reasons, Amanda Seyfried is amazing and kind of like a mm-hmm. side character role with so many scene stealing laughs, but it works mm-hmm. because Lindsay Lohan and Rachel McAdams have incredible. It's not even chemistry; it's just like anti chemistry or like mm-hmm. they work so well so badly mm-hmm. off each other and yeah. it's mean and edgy and that's the thing that I was kind of worried about because or not worried about but that I've observed from the roles I've seen in Gory Rice plays that she's mm-hmm. very she's gentle in a way that Lindsay mm-hmm. Lohan, Lohan isn't and that's what I was yeah. kind of interested in getting your take on so I, I really like her as an actor um I like what I've seen her in, which hasn't actually been very much. I I mean, I've, she's in the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies as such a minor character, but she's also she's in The, the Nice Guys, guys mm-hmm. as uh, Gosling's daughter, who is really funny in that. Like, she, she is a great foil to him in that movie. And so her... Yeah, it was it was not necessarily a choice I would have necessarily made, which obviously I'm not a casting director, so I don't know what all goes into that. Um I I think what makes this 
difficult as an adaptation is that I think the the Broadway is like three hours long, which most Broadway shows are. The movie the movie is only I think two hours, a little less than two hours, and so they cut like ten songs or so from the the movie. Oh, and interesting. It, yeah, and one of the reasons was like they didn't want to make a huge long movie, which is fair. I think some of the things that we miss with that is with this, we don't see the development of Katie and her her like arc as much. It, it doesn't feel as like natural and fluid as it does in the original. And, and also she's not narrating. So in the original, we get her inner monologue and like what's going on inside her head. And so you can see the her kind of spiraling into the mean girl. In in this though, Damien and Janice are the narrators, and so we don't really get to see inside Katie Heron's head as much. I think, and I don't think Angori Rice is just like a phenomenal singer. Um, gotcha. And, and so, I say all that. Also, I think it's hard because Renee Rapp is like she is very present on screen and she just kind of steals the show mm-hmm. and she just has this great incredible presence about her uh where where she and she also i don't know if you knew this she played regina george on broadway for a little bit yes yep okay yeah so she was she played she's played this character before is very familiar with it um and, and so this is not necessarily new to her and it, yeah, so so she she was phenomenal. I really enjoyed her as Regina George, like so much so that I'm like, I think I want to listen to her her album that she put out last year. Yeah, she's a musician, and like, which is which is really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, and so she just, I I think she just has this like presence about her that overshadows everyone else on the cast, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think. Um, I, I think that's probably one of her, probably one of the reasons why they cast her as yeah. this character. And, and so, she's been, she's kind of been up and coming. Uh, mm-hmm. She was on the Sex Lives of College Girls, which I haven't watched, but apparently it was a big hit for HBO and kind of mm-hmm. left to start doing her own thing and star mm-hmm. in this. So, but I'd never, I'd never yeah. seen her before. I did, this interview I watched with her and Seth Meyers, Seth Meyers says, can a gay girl get a hell yeah? And she just looks at him for a second and then goes, yeah, and like goes along with it. But it was really funny. So she has been so unhinged in her interviews. That was probably yeah. like one of the tamer, tamer ones, but she yep. was. That was more of like, doing like so- Seth, Seth Myers looked kind of, kind of funny. And it wasn't, it was yeah. like her, like micro reaction was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. There was one interview I saw with her and the kid who plays Aaron Samuels, and she she calls out some guy who was like I guess mean to her her sister or her friend or someone, and was like, "If I ever find you, I'm gonna kick your ass!" Like just like he, just he was like, so uh, wasn't he uh working with a busing company or something? Yeah, I think that's like, what it was. Like they were transporting them somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, and he was like super rude or whatever, and she yeah. was just like, "I'm gonna kill you," and was just yeah. so unhinged. And it's been really funny to watch it because I don't feel like we we get that kind of behavior from 
celebrities ever yeah at this like point. unhinged and behavior so, in yeah interviews. and so it's just been really funny and and just a change of pace i think with interviews so yeah. but yeah i mean she's wonderful in it and then um the actor who plays janice i i think that this what this movie does really well is it uh the side characters get a little more development so janice and damien get more uh you get to see more of kind of where gretchen and karen are coming from um especially with gretchen she has the song where she talks about how she knows regina is terrible to her and she doesn't understand why she like finds herself in in that situation of like being drawn to regina which hmm. i actually think is probably really relatable for a lot of a lot of teenage girls especially yeah um so 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 that was that was like kind of cool to see that and i think janice janice has my favorite song i think I don't know. Karen sings a song that's really stupid, but it's really, really funny. Um, and it's about like the Halloween. It's called Sexy. And it's about the Halloween party and how like what girls dress and women dress for Halloween, um, which is really funny. But Janice's song at the end is it's just a really good anthem of like trying of accepting yourself and and as you are and not trying to worry about what other people say about you or think about you. And knowing that the people who matter are going to be the ones who accept you for who you are. So I think that's like, I, I love that song when I first heard the original soundtrack. And then I think the best number for me was, uh, was the revenge party. Cause it felt the most like theatrical. It was just like a lot of colors and, really vibrant and there was a lot of stuff going on and so i enjoyed that aspect of it um but it's funny i my mom and i had a good time so is mean girls mean girls must i think if you if you at all are like intrigued by it then it's a must if 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 mean girls is not your thing and you don't really care about musicals it's a miss but if, if you're intrigued at all go see it like don't go in expecting it to be the best musical you've ever seen. It's not, but it's a lot of fun. And I think if you are looking for a good time and trying to re- maybe revisit some old old jokes with fresh eyes, that this is this is it for you. And so, uh, so yeah, I'd say I'd say it's a must. So. Final final decision, Nathan. Right that on. is my my final say. You want to know one of the best things I've seen in a long time? Please tell me. True Detective Night Country. Ooh, I knew you were going to say that. Yes. Because it was the next okay, thing yeah, on the agenda. Because <laughs> it was the next thing on the agenda? Yeah. Maybe but, if yeah, we're together, let's... I will uh, we'll be able to watch Mean Girls together. But it was, yeah, very busy couple weekends. I wasn't, wasn't yeah. able to get away to the theater. But I hope... Yeah to be able to do that and maybe i'll see it with nathan street 12 so i actually would love for you to do you i was and you know you know i was like honestly (laughs) intending to go see it right yeah like it yeah it was just i know i know you're not like trying to duck it yeah yeah Yeah. and i was trying to see it with walter and just it didn't make it happen it snowed here all that stuff the weather's been crazy so yeah i realize like stuff happens there's lots of stuff that i intend to go see that i 
don't get to go yeah. see because stuff comes up. So, yeah. But True Detective. Night True Detective Night Country. You watched both episodes today. I did watch uh, both episodes today. This I started, is... well, hold on. I started yeah. episode one last night at like 11 o'clock and I was like maybe 10 minutes in. I go, nope, can't do this right now. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> yep. So, so I just finished it today and watched the second one. Do you think you would have been able to sleep if you had watched the beginning of season of episode two last night? So, because that was one where Jess and I both go, oh my gosh. Yeah, that was hella creepy. Yeah. I honestly, okay, in hindsight, I probably could have watched both of them. I didn't need to watch both of them last night, especially since I started the first one so late and they're both like an hour long. But I think I could have watched both of them and been fine. Yeah. My problem is, and this is always my problem with anything that's like remotely scary, is that one, I'm one of the most anxious people I know. And two, I have such a vivid imagination when it comes to stuff like this that it's just like all, it's just like, it's all I can think about and it just plays over and over in my head. So it, it's hard for me to like separate myself from those things often. So you're um, telling me that you would not be able to live in Ennis where the fabric of reality is splitting apart and people no, see ghosts on a regular no, occurrence. Absolutely yeah. Not. No. Yeah. No. I was just thinking I, I I was I was thinking the whole time I was watching the show is like there there's no way I could live there. Also like the fact that it's dark for so long yep. it's for how many days? Nah, I don't remember what like, they said. Like I think it's like a month. Yeah. No, absolutely not. I can't. I can. I can't even really handle when it gets dark at like four thirty. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it. I don't necessarily. I'm not gonna go as far as saying that I think I have seasonal affective disorder because I. I don't necessarily think that, but I definitely. I know that it affects like the the lack of sunlight affects me, and I yeah. feel. And I think that this is the case for a lot of people is like being very much affected by that. So I know I couldn't live there. Yeah. For so many I, reasons. I would be interested to do it once, but I wouldn't want to live there long term. So and yeah. Jess and I were talking about that. But um True Detective Night Country. So season four, this is season four of the series and it's directed by Isa Lopez, who is um she is a Mexican director hails from Mexico City. I believe she's from there. Directed Tigers Are Not Afraid in 2017. Like really set herself on the scene. Uh, Barry Jenkins mm -hmm. is an EP on this series. Jodie Foster is a producer. And really when, you know, True Detective season one, what kind of burst onto the scene, Matthew McConaughey and Her Woody Harrelson really just made a huge impression in like right when prestige TV was becoming a big thing and it is to date kind of remains one of my favorite store, like overall stories in across the first season. Yes. The first season with the two of them is, is just absolutely incredible. Absolutely creepy, like as creepy as, as this season. Um, and so season two had Colin Farrell and Rich McAdams and, um, Vince Vaughn and kind of like was a considered a big miss and kind of a mess. Mm -hmm. And then season three had uh, Mahershala Ali and Steven Dorff and kind of regained some, uh, some natural 
excitement. But when season four was announced with Barry Jenkins, Issa Lopez, and Jodie Foster playing the main detective, mm-hmm. people got very, very excited. I was one of them. And these two episodes have been so fun. It's set in Alaska. Yeah. It is nighttime. Um, it's really creepy. You get vibes of The Thing and Seven and Silence of the Lambs, obviously. And um, I'm just I'm just really loving it. I love having a great weekly show. HBO seems to do that mm-hmm. every Sunday night. Jess and I are turning it on. We were doing it with White Lotus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing it with Succession. Jess wasn't joining mm-hmm. me there. But yeah, wanted to know what do you think about this series? Have you watched that first season or is this your introduction? This is my introduction. I I don't know why I didn't watch it. Because when did the first season come out? I think were we were we in college. In I college? think it was like 2014 or 15. Okay. I think I just didn't have access to HBO at that point because I was in college. And it was a little, yeah, it was a little bit more like it wasn't be, it, it wasn't is. as accessible as Netflix at the point, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I think that's one of the reasons why I've never watched it is I just, I didn't have access to it then. And it, in a similar way of like why I didn't watch Game of Thrones as well is because I didn't have access to HBO like that. Um, so this is my first time watching it. I I think one of the reasons I wanted to watch it was you and I have talked about about this upcoming season of True Detective. And so I, I knew that it was something that we would probably talk about on here. And then also like Jodie Foster is incredible. Oh my gosh. And yeah. so and she's so good in this. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, I want to see Jodie Jody Foster be a, a police officer in the middle of nowhere alaska i think i think that's that's perfect so so i guess i didn't realize like how creepy the show was gonna be is yep. so the first season is also creepy like this or in a similar yes. way okay yeah, sure. are the second two did you watch the second and third seasons we tried to we watched season three and i tried to be a completist and get through season two and i did not finish mm-hmm. it it's it's okay. kind of it's kind of hard and i would say there's some like organizational kind of storyline things where it gets convoluted and that's frustrating. Mm -hmm. But the thing that bothered me the most is frustrating. Frustratingly, Vince Vaughn's performance does not work for me and it takes me out of the show every single time his character is having an arc Um, or kind of. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah, Yeah, it was, I I figured that was the case. I figured that was the case because the thing in seven and Sons of the Lambs are not big Olivia movies. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs is actually probably like it. I don't know if it's one of my all time favorite movies. I don't know if I want to go that far, but it's genuinely like one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah. There you go. And I have the criterion, not to brag, but I have the criterion. Collection what? Of it, I didn't so. know that. Oh my yeah. gosh. Wow. Yeah. Do you have a so. podcast too? I do, yeah. You should listen to it sometime. Nice, cool, cool. So, yeah, yeah, kind of a big deal, but be we'll cool. touch in. We'll touch back with, um, you know, the the TV shows that we're going to be talking about this year. Um, so we may not we may not hit on every single episode, but we'll we'll touch on stuff that's happening in True Detective as it goes on. And the end of season of uh, the end of episode two gets even creepier once you realize that there's 
some foul play and connections to another case. And yeah, it's really, it's really fun. And I love having this sort of thing where I get to look forward to it every week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely like, I was intrigued episode one for sure. But after episode two, like, I'm like, I, I have to know what happens. And yeah. I'm glad that it's a weekly release and not a binge. I think it's, it's more fun this way. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah. How, how are you feeling about it right now? Like where where are you at with this? Especially since you, you know, you loved season one so much. It's hard to, it just feels the same way. It's hard to imagine a season of True Detective topping season one. Yeah. Because it, sure. but, and it's not, season one isn't perfect, but it is, it is pretty close to perfect. And I think that there's a chance mm-hmm. for this season to be kind of like both fulfilling the lore of this world because there are some connections which I didn't mm-hmm. know about until recently or like right before we started this podcast I was listening to another podcast and they made connections to mm-hmm. Travis the ghost uh being a callback to or like a very strong connection to season one and then the spiral oh, really? yes yeah and then the spiral mm-hmm. symbol also which I knew I knew that that was a connection to season one so oh, okay. no I yeah okay. I love it I'm all in feeling feeling awesome about it I love that it's in a new direction and that we're mm-hmm. not it's not two dudes that it's two female cops uh Jodie Foster and uh Hayley Reese I believe is her name who plays the second mm-hmm. cop Navarro yeah awesome love it super excited mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I am looking forward to discussing this with you further as we get along into the season. Did you see True Detective? Oh my gosh. We'll be watching it like every Sunday night and you'll probably be watching it on Mondays in the afternoon during the signing. Yeah, probably. During the sun, sunlight hours. Yeah. Yeah. Jess and I turn out all of the lights in the house when we watch it. Oh my gosh. I, yeah. I I love that you guys can do that. I wish I wasn't the biggest wussy in the world. But it's who I am. It's okay. Yeah. I am not God's bravest soldier. I am probably his most scared soldier. Hey, that's okay. Still a soldier. It's okay. Yep, that's right. Um We got a couple minutes. After watching the first two episodes, hold on. I will I will say this and then we can move on. Sorry. I do think I can watch it if the if Assuming it doesn't get any scarier than the first two episodes or creepier. It's not necessarily scary. It's creepy. I think I could probably watch it at night. We'll see. Yeah. I say that. Watch this third episode be the like actually scary. Well, that's the thing. You know, Travis being a ghost um, and Fiona Shaw's character saying like, yeah, things people see ghosts here pretty frequently. Like, yeah, we're going to be seeing ghosts in this season of television. I was like, this is going to be quite supernatural in a way that the other the other seasons aren't so i'm very interested to see how they handle that mm-hmm. yeah so we have you think it's gonna be nominated for a golden globe oh yeah next year jody foster coming for that next year golden globe uh we have cu- just a couple minutes left um i feel like from not having watched the show that the golden globes did a pretty impressive job after years of kind of just embarrassing revelations of the Hollywood uh, Foreign Press Association coming out paying off people and having corrupt journalistic practices 
um, and being known for kind of racist tendencies that as a show and an organization, it reclaimed quite a bit of relevance. I feel like a lot of people were talking about it and watching it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have the ratings in front of me, but yeah, captured a lot of cultural zeitgeist. I feel like around Barbie and Oppenheimer and Mm -hmm. succession and the bear, uh, both those big screen and silver screen properties. So yeah. Did you watch the whole thing? I knew that you were kind of watching so some I watch, of it. Yeah, I watched part of it. It started, I think, at like 7.30, and I didn't get home until like 8.15 or 8.30. So I had missed part of it because I was mm-hmm. working. But I watched most of it, and so I got to see it, and like it was, it felt more enjoyable to watch than it had been in years past. But also, what was it? the Emmys that were the other award show, it was more definitely more enjoyable to watch than that. Like, it didn't mm-hmm. feel like anyone was trying too hard or, like, trying to make jokes that weren't funny. And I do think, like, I sometimes, I don't know if this is, I actually, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is how you feel. I feel like a lot of award shows you know, we talk about Oscar bait movies and that kind of thing. And it's like, what is this movie? No one's even heard of it. Who has seen this movie? Right. And I think like everything that was nominated was stuff that I I feel like I know at least, you know, three or four people who have seen it or have watched that show or that movie and enjoy it and, and, you know, all that kind of thing, or at least has been like, why, like widely talked about. And so it's not just like, random things that's like who who's watching this yeah i feel like movies Um, in general have been moving in that direction and yeah overcame a lot of that uh coming back from the pandemic and in general i feel like yes the nomad land year was not that i feel like it felt obscure and stuffy and not fun and i feel like this is Mm -hmm. everything everywhere all at once that was last year was really fun this year, I feel like is even is building on that even more so, which is really yes, yeah, absolutely, like unusual and yeah. welcome. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I think like with the Emmys and the Golden Globes, that's what the Oscars are going to probably like gear up to as well. Um, but yeah, like it felt like it was fun. There were there were, you know actors kind of making quips at back and forth with each other like I, I referenced it earlier when we talked about Kieran Culkin but like Pedro Pascal presented an award and his arms in a sling and he's like yeah everyone keeps asking me what uh what happened and Kieran Culkin beat the shit out of me and it cuts <laughs> to Kieran Culkin and he's got like the most stoic look on his face and he's just playing into the bit and so it's like it's like fun or it felt more fun I don't I understand like award shows are not for everyone and sometimes I'm like why do I watch these things cuz often it's just like all right well now that's over with everybody honestly everybody looks good and they're doing funny candid yeah. little bits and that's 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 why award shows are fun yeah 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 I do I like really Ryan Gosling really like looking the, at the, the camp like looking over like yeah. this whenever they announce that he won for I'm just Ken hilarious yeah which i think that was the critics choice i don't think that was golden globes i'm terrible at this so so close no it's okay thank you for specifying i don't think the critics choice awards were were aired or if they were it i didn't watch them so 
but yeah it was it, i think it was better and and like they made jokes about things like the non-english language movie it was oh who presented that i don't remember who presented that but they were like yeah the non-english language french and german and like it was just a bunch of like european yeah. and they were like and even english because past lives was nominated yeah. in that category and it's a, an american made film and so so they like made a joke about that and so i think like the golden globes is like they're they're really trying to correct from years past so because i don't know yeah. if that joke would have flown in years past yeah. so anyway that was my yeah. experience with the golden globes enjoyed it had a good time nice so yeah i forget what i was doing that night but i'm glad one of us was probably, watching it probably something more fun <laughs> i don't know was it on a sunday night no it was, it was a, a while night. ago yeah it was well i think by the time this this is posted this recording is posted it was oh week two weeks ago yeah i think it was like two weeks ago so yeah so coming in clutch right on time yeah yep we're doing number it. one Crushing golden it. globes scoop <laughs> here <laughs> yep 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 we, we did it we crushed speaking it, of so award shows the academy awards are being released if you're listening to this episode when it drops it's being released today and they are out and we haven't seen them but we are going to believe so and so got snubbed can't believe it so upset about that you believe believe it how dare they yeah it's gonna be interesting uh but you know what good for good for that person for getting nominated didn't see it coming what a tom hanks finally got that nomination for elvis as the colonel (laughs) (laughs) huge snub last year such a snub He's white. He got nominated, and so did his fat suit. Yep. Let's um let's wrap it up. But yeah, he's white? next <laughs> he's he's white. I just registered what you said. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Terrible movie. Let's wrap it up, Live Dog. Uh, next week we let's are talking about the 2024 Academy Awards. Kind of previewing what's coming up. We're gonna be talking about those nominations. So send us your or be thinking about questions you want to ask us pertaining to that. We'll answer them at the top of the show. And we are going to be talking about, um, if you if you get to it, we can both talk about it, but I will be reporting mm-hmm. on uh, Masters of the Air uh, from yeah, the creators of Band of Brothers. Tom Hanks, uh, I believe, is one of the, speaking of the girl, <laughs> I believe is one of the, uh, yeah, one of the main uh, producers starring Elvis, uh, Austin Butler. I believe Mike Feist is in it too? I think he's in it too. It, who is who made his Barry debut Keoghan, on West Side right? Story? And Barry Keoghan is in it. Um, I'm I'm really excited yeah, for it. That's gonna Mike be an Feist. Apple TV. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, pretty sure he is. Uh, Mike Feist, yeah, made his mm-hmm. debut in West Side Story. He's so good. And we haven't seen him in anything else, but he is gonna be in Challengers later this year. Um, oh, and yeah. we're gonna be talking about expats. The finally the second thing, second project from Lulu Wang, who is uh known for directing the farewell a movie we oh, loved man. from a couple years it's ago it's so good if so we you got haven't some seen fun the stuff farewell, coming up go see it yeah go watch it yeah i don't go care watch if it. you have to rent it watch it yeah 
yeah no i'm excited i'm excited for what we're gonna be talking about next uh i think it's gonna be fun